Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds in markets for the NBA, NHL, college, and so much more. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's super easy to use. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. one 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, let's preview the conference finals series for a little bit. We're going to start in the Western Conference, which I think is the more interesting of the two series. As is always the case with these NBA playoff matchups, you try your best to find evidence in the regular season, and then you look back and everyone sat out all the games. That's <laughs> that's typically how this kind of thing goes, although we did actually have a couple of uh, decent matchups to look at for that Boston-Miami series. But 
Dallas and Golden State played four times this year. Dallas was three and one. Stars missed every single game. The closest thing to the full strength game was on January 5th in Dallas. It was the only time Luca, Steph, and Draymond all played. But obviously, Clay Thompson was out of the picture. Dallas at the time was starting Kleba and Powell, which was a, a unique thing. And Reggie Bullock was was coming off of the bench. Uh, Golden State at that point still had Gary Payton, too, who is expected to be out for this series. They were playing a lot of Juan Toscano-Anderson and Damian Lee. So again, everything in terms of the regular season matchups has to be taken with a certain amount of a grain of salt just because of the fact that these teams are completely different versions of themselves at this point. Even just looking a few months ago, so much changes. The, the playoffs really causes your team to round into the best version of itself, its purest identity. In their individual matchups this year, Steph averaged 20 points per game on 39% from the field, 29% from three, and 67% from the free throw line. Not great. We're going to get into a little bit about, I think Steph is arguably the biggest swing factor of this series. I'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Luca was awesome, as I expected. Um, he is, there's nobody on Golden State's roster that can realistically guard Luca. You know, maybe Draymond, but you really need to keep Draymond in help situations, right? So you're not exactly expecting uh, Luca to struggle too much to score individually. Well, he averaged 32 points per game on 48% from the field, 38% from three, 88% from the line. So almost a 50-40-90 uh, type of mark there from Luka. Um, so again, that's that's all we have in terms of regular season evidence, but we're going to do our best to try to sift through that and get into some of the details of the series. So you guys know how I like to do it. I like to start on one side of the ball. We're going to start with Dallas on offense. And again, like I mentioned, nobody can guard Luka. The difference between the Phoenix matchup was, you know, they're... Luca didn't have trouble finding guys to attack within Phoenix's scheme, but there were guys on the floor that were difficult to attack. Like DeAndre Ayton was forcing Luca into some pretty tough fallaway jump shots. Now he's one of the top, you know, three or four players in the world, so he's going to make them a lot of the time. But that's in terms of a defense. If you can force Luca to take step backs or fallaways, that's about as the best you can do. And DeAndre Ayton did a really nice job of that. And then Mikael Bridges did a, an amazing job on Luca, And for the most part in the series, Luca did everything he could to avoid trying to shoot against him specifically. Everyone else on that roster, though, he could go at. But the problem was, is like, whether he was calling for screens or whatever, Mikhail would try to fight through the screen, you know, or Luca would be forced to settle for attacking someone like DeAndre Ayton. In this Golden State matchup, they're going to probably start Andrew Wiggins on him. We saw that in the regular season matchups that they had. He has no problem scoring on Andrew Wiggins. He's not going to have any problem scoring on anybody on the roster. Again, Draymond is arguably one of the ideal physical profiles for a player to put on Luka. Really low center of gravity, so he's hard to bump off his spots. Very strong, super long wingspan, quick enough to stay with Luka, and smart enough, right? So in theory, that's smart. Here's the issue. You need Draymond Green in help. That's where he's most valuable to this specific Golden State offense. And if you, if Dallas puts you in a predicament where you have to put Draymond on Luka for the whole series, you're going to get picked apart everywhere else on the floor. And most importantly, if Luka happens to get past Draymond, now your backline defense is significantly worse. So that makes it a lot tougher. And so that, that'll be one of the dynamics of the series is how is 
how is uh, Golden State going to be able to use Draymond? Are they going to have to keep him on Luka? Are they going to be able to keep him in help? My guess is, is that they'll keep him in help and just try to sacrifice whatever they get in terms of Luka isolations. Now, the, the, the issue here specifically for Golden State is obviously matchup attacking takes place all over in the playoffs. But Luka in particular, in my opinion, is the best at it at least in this field. LeBron typically is the best at this specific skill, but Luke is the best at persistently targeting your worst defenders every time down the floor. Now, Golden State doesn't have any bad defensive players, but they do have small defensive players. And I expect Luka to relentlessly hunt Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. Every time down the floor, he's going to try to get them involved in stuff. And Golden State's going to have a big challenge in, 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 in attempting to keep those two away from Luka. We talked about this a little bit in last night's show, but the idea of pre-switching or scramming out of switches, essentially doing gimmicky stuff to try to keep Steph out of those situations, but Luka is known to be able to, to capitalize on those little brief windows that open up as you try to pre-switch or something like that. So Steph and Jordan Poole are going to have a lot on their plate to try to hold their own in isolation matchups against Luka. The other... Uh, the other big thing that I expect to become a swing factor in this series is the Kleba-Powell dynamic. We've talked about this a lot with Dallas, but when Dallas plays Kleba, they're a true five-out team, which is when they have the most space. That's when Luka's at his best. That's when Jalen Brunson's at his best. That's when Spencer Dinwiddie's at his best, right? Dwight Powell, it's more of a four-out, one-in thing. They're running a lot of pick and roll. He's rolling to the rim. The spacing gets significantly worse. The problem with running Powell in particular is Draymond Green is one of the best pick and roll big defenders that we have in this entire league, arguably the best. And if you allow Draymond to operate in normal pick and roll defense all series long, you're effectively shaving points. You're 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 playing directly into uh, Golden State's biggest advantage. I shared some clips of this that you'll be able to see on my Twitter feed. If you guys look, just go to my Twitter feed and click on media and scroll down and you'll see some clips that are demonstrating what I'm talking about. In the possessions where Kleba's on the floor instead of Powell, Draymond is on Kleba and he can't help. Or if he does, he's leaving Kleba open. There were several examples where Dallas Maverick players were driving to the basket and Draymond was kind of helpless. And a lot of times he was too far away to even dig and try to get in there and just reach and, and recover. And it just it took Draymond's defensive impact and moved it into a spot on the floor where it has less of an impact on what Golden State is trying to do defensively. So the best strategy, I think, for Dallas is to run five out, Kleba primarily, a lot less Dwight Powell, and then trust Luka to relentlessly st uh, hunt Steph and Jordan Poole. This is where a series, another series where not having Gary Payton Jr., I think hurts in a lot of, excuse me, Gary Payton II. I think that hurts in a lot of different ways, particularly for a guy like Jalen Brunson. You feel a lot more comfortable with a guy like Gary Payton Jr. on Jalen Brunson because he's so good at fighting through screens. It'll make it harder for Gary Payton to guard uh, or to, uh, to, uh, to for Dallas to get Gary Payton off of Jalen Brunson because he can fight through. He's not a good option for Luka. He guarded Luka a little bit this year and Luka just took him right to the basket. He's too big for him. Uh, but th th he's a very valuable weapon for someone like Brunson. So that's a significant loss. Now for Golden State, the strategy that I would have is I would do pretty much exactly what Phoenix did for the most part in their home games. Do what you can to to make Luka score. Stay home on all of the shooters around the uh, uh, elsewhere on the floor. And if Luka scores 45 every night and he beats you on 15 for 23 shooting, then great. But mo most likely, if you force him into tough shots all night long, 
it'll it, he'll shoot a lower percentage and it'll stagnate everyone else on the floor. That's your best bet is making Luka a score. I think that's Golden State's best chance in this series. So moving over to the other side of the floor. Now we're talking Warriors on offense. So Dallas does a ton of switching. They Their normal pick and roll coverage, we broke this down last night. They do kind of like a version of the drop where the big hedges up to the level of the screen and dissuades whatever's happening right after the handoff or right after the screen, but then will recover to the roll man. But if the guard gets caught, then they'll audible to a switch. The guard will peel off of Steph or peel off of Jordan Poole and just run down to the roll man and try to box him out of the lane, right? That's We talked about that a lot last night. That's their typical pick and roll coverage. But everything else on the floor, they're going to switch. And that's where it's interesting because uh, Golden State runs a lot of guard-guard action, a lot of like Poole screening for Steph or Poole and Steph both in a screening action with Clay or with Looney or whatever it is. Andrew Wiggins will you know roll off of those kinds of things. That's their best opportunity to cause problems for Dallas in their switching attack is – multiple player actions off the ball. I believe I shared a clip of this on my Twitter feed as well, as you find, but any three-player action makes it a lot harder to switch because you're not just saying, hey, I'm getting your guy, you're getting my guy. Now it's like, which one of these two guys am I supposed to grab? Everyone's supposed to be communicating. It gets a lot more complicated. In the footage that I watched today, there were lots of examples of Golden State running those complicated actions, especially when Steph is involved because when guys mess up, they want to mess up in the direction of Steph. They want to have Steph, uh, they want to have the guy, the guy's error on the side of going towards Steph. And you'll see cutters get open and things along those lines on that front. So that Warriors running those complicated actions off the ball, that's the most important thing they can do to make Dallas pay in switching situations. If you get into an isolation contest, with Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, you're probably going to lose, especially since Steph hasn't been the same level of isolation player that he was in, you know, even just last year. So the, ideally, you want to supplement that with as much transition opportunity as you can get, especially since, you know, Dallas plays at an extremely lo- a slow pace. The more you can get out and transition, the better. The more you can score in off-ball situations, the better, so that you're not stuck in their, uh, uh, not stuck in an isolation contest. When you do have to isolate, you have to make the slower-footed Mavericks guard. So Kleba in particular, Luka Doncic in particular. You got to do everything you can to attack them off the dribble. Kleba's actually a pretty good athlete for a big guy. He held his own a lot. Jordan Poole beat him to the basket a few times in the footage that I watched, but you know, he does a decent job of hanging. It's Luca in particular that I think guys like Steph and Jordan Poole can consistently beat to the basket. As I always tell you guys, with switching defenses, the best way to attack them is to not isolate for jump shots, but to isolate for rim pressure. Beat people to the basket. When you beat people to the basket, you force help defenders. When you force help defenders, then you can kick to people that are wide open. Then they either can shoot or they can attack a closeout. That's a more fluid in motion offense than a stagnant your turn, my turn isolation type of deal. So when Dallas does those things and they get in those switching situations, it's very important for Jordan Poole and Steph to get as much dribble penetration as possible to keep things moving. The last real wrinkle with Golden State on offense is what Dallas is going to do with Draymond. And you can just about guarantee that they're going to ignore Draymond, but every team does. And Golden State does a couple of different things to to attack that. 
Draymond typically will move to the top of the floor, and if you kick it out to him, he'll instead of shooting, he'll just quick like run over to the nearest guard, do a dribble handoff. Because again, if you set a good screen on a dribble handoff and you hit the guy, there's no help there because no one's guarding Draymond, right? So that's another way to get open looks. But even that, I don't think is enough. I think it's going to, going to be very important for Draymond to look to score. When he catches the ball at the top of the key when he's wide open, barrel down the lane if you have to. I, I would shoot the threes to save your legs, but barrel down the lane if you have to and try to draw help there. But the big one is in short roll situations. Dallas did a lot of trapping of Steph in pick and roll. Big shock, everyone does. When they trap Steph in pick and roll and Draymond's rolling down the lane, it's so important for him to look to score. The floater, the layup, anything in the lane, because if you're a threat there, the defense will collapse on you that's when he can kick to great shooters around the floor. If he doesn't look to score there, no one will collapse on him, and then you get caught in no man's land. That indecisiveness that Draymond occasionally has there, he's been pretty good about it of late, but that's going to be very important in this series for him to stay a threat. So, as far as picking this series, I think that Dallas's shot quality in the half court is going to be better. I believe so because I think Luka is less solvable. Because of the fact that Steph is not as aggressive trying to score the basketball as he used to be, particularly in isolation situations, I feel as though Luka is going to... like they, Golden State does not have an answer for Luka. In isolation situations, he's going to get whatever he wants. And if you make him a score, it might work if he doesn't shoot well. But if he shoots well, you're just going to lose. And then if you send help, he's just going to spray around his shooters all night long. Dallas is an extremely disciplined defense. And over the course of each of these last couple series, they've got stronger defensively, especially in that Phoenix series, as you saw. They are going to learn to, over the course of the series, be in the right spots for a lot of the, cutting, the, the actions and the cutting and the things that, that Golden State does off the ball. So I am picking Dallas in six. I believe they will win, close out this series at home in game six. However, the biggest swing factor of this series, Golden State's biggest chance, is the return of old Steph. Dallas is going to try to turn him into a scorer as well, particularly in on-ball situations. If Steph is aggressive and looks to punish mismatches, particularly going to the rim, Golden State has a chance, especially with home court advantage. Not counting them out, but I believe that Dallas has more cards in the deck to target this version of Steph, who did not play well in the last round offensively, played amazingly at the end of games, was savvy veteran, did all the right things to close the deal, which is why he's such a great player. But at this point in his career, he's going to be, he's going to be asked to do more offensively as a scorer in this series. And if he doesn't, I don't think they can win. And so I'm picking Dallas in six, but Golden State's chance is the Steph from last year making a sighting. Some, you know, averaging around 30 points, shooting percentage, true shooting percentage around 60%. That's Golden State's best. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole-body health. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Hoops. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Hoops, H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Hoops. Last chance to get it done. All right, let's preview Boston-Miami for a little bit. I think this is going to be an incredibly ugly series between two incredible defensive teams. But at the same time, I think it's going to be very entertaining. Once again, just like in the Golden State series, like we talked about earlier, this series, it, there's not a whole lot to go off of in the regular season. Boston went 2-1, and one, but one of the games was way back in November when like Dennis Schroeder was coming off the bench and shooting a bunch of shots and things like that. There was a another Boston blowout win at home that Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry both missed, so can't take too much from that one. But there was one game just before the end of the season where Miami went into Boston and won. And I, I watched that whole game again today, and it went a lot like some of these Boston losses that they've had in the Milwaukee Bucks series. It was their offense that failed them over the course of the game. And as Boston's offense was failing them in the fourth quarter, they only scored 15 points in the fourth quarter of this particular game. Miami fed off of that 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 collapse from Boston. And Jimmy Butler made some big shots and Kyle Lowry made some big shots and they ended up stealing that game. They did a bunch of interesting stuff on defense we'll get to in a minute. But, you know, it was a perfect example of the kind of thing that manifested against Milwaukee. A better, more talented team that loses its offensive identity from time to time and it causing them to have issues on the defensive end that ended up costing them a game. So we're going to start with Boston and offense. So Miami 
really switches everything. Like really, really switches everything. They, um, uh, especially in pick and roll, they'll do. They're they're just not. They're not worried about putting Bam Adebayo on any guard in any situation. They're not worried about the likes of Jimmy Butler or Max Struess or Kyle Lowry and their capability to box a person out on a mismatch, you know, in terms of offensive rebounding situations. You know, obviously they don't switch for no reason at all. So if Bam can hang out by the rim because a dribble handoff isn't very close or a screen isn't set properly, then yeah, he'll be around the rim. But they're willing to switch. The biggest difference between them and what Boston does, because Boston also switches everything, Miami mixes in a lot of zone. And their zone is really well run. This isn't like a LA Lakers, like we're all just kind of standing around in different spots on the floor, BSing through the game kind of zone. This is a real disciplined, extended zone. It's, it's It has like a matchup zone type of feel where if you dribble the ball into the specific area of the zone, whoever's in that zone will apply ball pressure. They are trying to bait you into quick, long threes. And that actually ended up being what cost Boston in this particular fourth quarter that I'm talking about right before the end of the regular season. They ran zone for the most part to start the fourth quarter, and they persistently swung the ball around the perimeter and took bad early threes. And that specifically ended up being what caused the, 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 the slide that led to the shift in momentum to Miami stealing the game. Boston actually had a lead late in the fourth quarter in that game. So if you have a Miami defense that's going to switch everything, just like, again, if you guys remember, I wanted Milwaukee in game seven to switch everything. They did not. They played drop the entire game, especially 37 minutes of Brooke Lopez. When Giannis was out there, he was in drop as well. They did not go to the strategy that was proven to stagnate Boston that we saw in the stats. We talked about that at length on the show. This Miami team absolutely will do that. They absolutely will put Boston in situations that will bait them into isolations, that will bait them into bad jump shots, and it will be imperative for Boston to stay disciplined. So we got to look at two things here. How does Boston beat Miami's man, and how does Boston beat Miami's zone? So in the, in the man situation, like we've talked about so much on this show, it's about applying rim pressure. If you are in a man-to-man situation and they're switching screens, so you're not getting easy stuff off of actions, then you have two options. You can score in isolation or you can collapse the defense in help side and kick to players on the weak side of the floor that can then further attack the closeout, further compromise the defense. That's how you get quality shots. And most importantly, keep all of your players in rhythm rather than stagnant. And so the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, even Derek White, all of those guys are going to have to be very intentional about getting into the seams of that man-to-man defense by beating people off the dribble, which is going to be difficult to do. Miami is a very disciplined defense. All of their players are in great shape. They have a lot of guys that are strong with low centers of gravity that are tough to you know punch gaps on to get a little bit of separation and break through their shoulder and get, get, uh, get leverage to get downhill. So it's going to be difficult to do, but as in the moments of the series that they do that, they have more offensive talent and they will have a lot of success. Specifically against the zone. And you saw this a lot in the fourth quarter of that game that I'm referencing. When they swung the ball around the perimeter and took threes, they didn't score. When they made a concerted effort to get the ball into the paint, that's when they were able to score. Now with the zone, you can do it off the dribble. And 
I'm a big believer, you know, even with the high school kids that I coach, like drive the zone, drive the zone. A lot of times we will run our man offense against the zone just to try to get our guys in the headspace of driving because zones are designed to, to try to dissuade you from playing normal basketball. But normal basketball works against zones. And so it, 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 like you can do it driving, but also through passing. Guys flashing to the high post, catching and turning and making reads. In that fourth quarter, Jason Tatum in particular, when he would catch the ball around the free throw line and turn and make reads, the defense would collapse on him. Bam Adebayo would have to come up from the basket, and that's when things would open up along the back line for layups and dunks and things along those lines. So again, against both Miami's switching man and against Miami's zone, it's going to be incredibly important for Boston to apply rim pressure and to get into the paint. I expect Boston, because of what they've shown us in this playoff run, I expect them to go through extended stretches in this series where they do not perform well offensively, and I think Miami will beat them in those settings. It's one of the biggest reasons I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into... I'm picking Boston in six, and I'll explain why, but one of the biggest reasons why I expect Miami to, uh, to have wins in this series is extended offensive slumps from Boston. So moving over to Miami and offense, I expect them to start Al Horford on BAM, um, possibly Robert Williams if he comes back. But, you know, as you're seeing, it's, it's the same thing as the Dwight Powell problem. Even with everything that Robert Williams brings defensively, even with everything that he brings as a vertical spacing threat, vertical spacing is just not the same as five out spacing. It's just not. And so I, I would imagine Boston at some point is going to have to think hard about shelving Robert Williams in this series as well or using him sparingly, especially with how big the likes of Grant Williams and Al Horford are playing. So if they if they don't play Robert Williams, Al Horford should start on BAM. And my guess is, you know, we've talked about this with Miami before. They run a lot of similar stuff to what Denver runs. It's very Jokic-esque. It, like BAM out of the high post at both elbows, running a ton of dribble handoffs, a ton of ball screens, and looking to score at, like aggressively as a slasher out of the high post. Like fake dribble handoffs, things rip-throughs, things along those lines, right? So... It's. I would imagine Boston will try at at first to have Horford stay home on Bam, and try to basically make the Boston guards chase everybody over the top. But in this game that I'm referencing right before the end of the regular season, Miami was getting fantastic looks on those dribble handoffs because the guys like Jalen Brown, the guys like Marcus Smart, they were getting caught on Bam, on those handoffs and on those screens. So I think eventually they're going to need to start switching those. And that, I think, will be Boston's best chance to stagnate Miami. The biggest issue here is Miami does not have a ton of offensive creation in an isolation situation. Bam is good, not great as a scorer. You know, uh, all of these, they've got a lot of guys that come, come off of green, uh, screens and shoot, like Gabe Vincent can come off of screens and shoot. Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, you know, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry. All of those guys are great at coming off of screens and shooting. But they're not guys that are going to stare you in the eyes and create shots in isolation situations. So the more switching Boston does, the more it forces Miami to do that kind of thing, the better success they'll have. The one guy on the roster that's going to have their best chance at attacking mismatches is going to be Jimmy Butler. Now, they put Jalen Brown on Jimmy Butler in this particular game that I watched, although I expect it to be a lot more Jason Tatum in this series. But one of the things that I noticed is they were able to get Jimmy Butler going downhill in situations where Boston was not switching. Again, teams 
will try to not switch, especially during the regular season, because it's less taxing in rebounding situations. You don't want your guards for 82 games banging with big guys from the other team. It's just too taxing. They get hurt, right? So you'll see teams try to manufacture possessions in the regular season where they switch less. But Boston, I think, needs to lean heavily into that so that Jimmy Butler doesn't have those easy downhill opportunities. Make Jimmy Butler work hard to get onto a Derek White or to get on you know, to a, a Daniel Tice or a Grant Williams and make him try to beat those guys off the dribble and trust your help. Because you do have much better perimeter defenders than anybody that Miami has played in this series. M- bottom line, and the, w- one last note, Bam's perimeter shooting consistently has been an issue in playoff settings. It, obviously, Miami's had one of the easier pathways to this point in this playoff run. So they haven't really been forced to score in that type of setting. Um, But I think Bam and his ability to turn and face and shoot at 15 feet is going to be so important to keep Al Horford honest so that he has to be up on him so that there's openings on the backside for cutters, backdoor cuts, slashing, things along those lines. So a lot of pressure on Bam to knock down shots. I expect Miami to have a really hard time scoring against this Boston defense. You saw how hard of a time Brooklyn had. You saw how hard of a time Milwaukee had. And they had significantly better primary offensive options. We did this whole thing last night when we were talking about the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul and Devin Booker and about how in these settings, when defenses really turn up the intensity, there's just only a handful of guys that can truly consistently break down a defense. Jimmy's had an incredibly playoff, uh, an incredible playoff run so far, but this is going to be a significantly tougher matchup for him than anything he's faced to this point, and it's going to be absolutely vitally important for him to play like an absolute super duper star. He's capable of it, but I watched Giannis Antetokounmpo fall apart in his efficiency last round. Amazing counting stats. Giannis was amazing. We don't have to get into that again. But he dropped from a 63% true shooting in the regular season to a 52% true shooting in this series, which is horrible by Giannis's standards. KD dropped from a 63% true shooting in the regular season to 53 in that series against Miami. Jimmy Butler is not better than Giannis. He's not better than KD. He will also experience a significant decline in this series. He will struggle mightily. And that's why I'm picking Boston. As much as Boston is going to go through extensive stretches of offensive struggles that will cause them, in my opinion, to lose basketball games, I think Miami will have much worse versions of that specific problem. My guess on how this series will progress is Boston will lose game one a lot because of fatigue. Miami is coming off a significantly more rest. It's a quick turnaround Boston in general has shown a tendency in this playoff run, particularly in the Milwaukee series, to let up when they have a big win. Game seven was the exception. So I expect some fatigue and a little bit of letdown in game one. Then I think Boston will steal game two. Then I think they'll win game three and four. Then they'll lose game five in Miami. And then I think they'll win game six. I'm picking Boston in six. But this one's going to be a super interesting defensive slugfest. And if I was a betting man, I would, if I were you guys and you're spending some time on FanDuel, I would hit the under on every single one of these games. They're going to be, it's going to be an old fashioned Eastern Conference defensive slugfest. volume. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.